listening to the Paul McGuire Report. This is Paul McGuire. One of the most important things that you and I can do in navigating our way through this world is to have a, a frame of reference, a worldview. So, for example, one of the most powerful things that the Lord Jesus Christ has given believers is the power of the Holy Spirit. And in that reference, I'm speaking of the Holy Spirit as part of the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And one of the purposes of the Holy Spirit is to guide us, to lead us, to teach us, uh, to, to bring about the promises of God in our lives. The, the Holy Spirit is supernatural. There's, there's no other way to define it or describe it. So, yes, uh, above the Holy Spirit, in terms of using gifts of the Spirit or whatever, our final authority is always the Word of God. We measure, we, we balance things, we evaluate things by the Word of God. But then on top of that, there's something supernatural. If you and I, continue to walk uh, with Jesus Christ, there's a supernatural event that begins to grow in our lives. And that is, even though our intellectual man or woman, our rational man or woman, uh, may employ certain cognitive abilities, reason, rationale, thinking processes, discernment, that is a huge need today for people in, in all spectrums of life. To have discernment. Now, how that works is that when something is going completely haywire or contrary to God's plan, there, there usually ends up being two kinds of people. One kind is the kind that, the kind of person who senses the Holy Spirit warning them or saying, it is dangerous for you to continue down this particular path, or it may reveal to you something about somebody or, or some organization or whatever. So you have this supernatural discernment which transcends uh, your intellect and just basic human thinking, all of which are essential. The two, the two different things operate together. So in America today, we have a huge percentage of Americans, and that would include a huge percent of Christians, who, who are easily swept away into deception of all kinds, and they lack the ability to discern. Because once you begin to make a habit of habitually suppressing the truth and unrighteousness, once you begin to build or cooperate in the building of a stronghold uh, in your mind, and let's remember that a stronghold is a satanically energized argument against us, once those things begin to solidify inside of our human consciousness and mind, we, we develop, well, to put it bluntly, we are, we are participating in programming ourselves, programming ourselves to no longer hear the voice of the Lord. I'm talking about the still, small voice. I'm not talking about, you know, talking to God out loud, because you may end up in, in somewhere you don't want to be. Uh, people are very, very frivolous and careless with their words. So 
the Holy Spirit will warn. Uh, how do I describe what the Holy Spirit feels like when he warns you? Well, if you have a relationship with Christ, the Holy Spirit has already begun to advance the, the practicality of that teaching in your life. So even if nobody ever came along and taught it to you, the Holy Spirit itself would teach it to you. And you come to a place in your life, it's kind of like having invisible spiritual radar, where you will know what to do supernaturally. You don't have to make it up, but the Lord will show up with his presence one way or another. And you may sense an uneasiness. That's not necessarily an emotionalistic uh, thing. You you may sense a uh, something isn't quite right feeling, but it's more than just an emotional something is not quite right thing. It's the Holy Spirit trying to get your attention, trying to get you to think about what you're going to do, trying to get you to evaluate what you've done so that you are protected from inadvertently opening the doors of evil in your own life, in the life of your community or nation, or in other people's lives. And so the tragedy is, in, in the time that it is most needed, there is a huge percentage of Christians, as well as just regular Americans of all, all kinds, uh, there's a huge percentage that have made a habit for so long of suppressing the Holy Spirit that when it comes to the day-to-day -day things that, that may be extremely important for us to have this spiritual discernment, we've lost that ability. And, and we say things like, I don't hear from God. God never warns me. God never shows me anything. Well, let me simplify why that, why that may be the experience of someone you know, or perhaps yourself. If you have made a habit of suppressing or ignoring the voice of the Lord, because it, it's more convenient for you for whatever reason. If you have developed that habit, once again, you have programmed yourself not to hear the voice of the Lord. So what happens is, when the voice of the Lord, that still small voice in your inner man, speaks to you, most often through your inner conscience, for the spirit of a man or a woman is a candle of the Lord. Very important verse to understand. So the reason you're not hearing God and you're frustrated is not God's fault. The reason people say, well, it's like when I pray, nothing ever happens. It's like the skies are bronze. And that, of course, means your prayers are just going up and bouncing down, and popping you in the head because you've, you've participated in the creation of a stronghold which blocks your access to God because you've chosen it to be that way. So you feel like your prayers aren't going through into heaven. You feel like your prayers are not really being heard by God. And, and you feel like, on an emotional level, the skies are like bronze, and your prayers just don't seem to, to go anywhere in terms of being heard by God or answered by God. Now, it's, that, it's at that place you have to make a choice about how you're going to evaluate what's happening to you. And what you have to evaluate is, 
is the problem that God no longer exists. God doesn't answer your prayer. Uh, and that's why you experience the, the skies being like bronze. Is that the problem? Is the problem that God is not hearing you and God is choosing not to answer you? Is that the problem? Most often, the problem has nothing to do with God at all. The problem is yours or somebody you know. And God, if you have spent your life or months or years or a good portion of your life or whatever shutting down the instructional voice of the Lord, still small voice, the, the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and other ways God speaks to us or communicates to us through his Holy Spirit, uh, then when you need it in a moment of crisis, it's like your radar or your GPS system, your internal, God-given, Holy Spirit-created GPS system doesn't function properly. And so you're just out there trying to make decisions on your own. And if you're trying to make decisions on your own uh, without partnership with God, you're going to end up, well, I don't want to make uh, light of anybody's misfortune, but here in California the other day, because we've had incredible uh, rainstorms for, for in terms of our area of the nation, even Southern California, the area that where we are, is, is being blasted by incredible rainstorms, producing flooding and producing, you know, when the freeways implode, I mean, huge chunks of the freeways imploded, and people are driving along, not looking where they're going, and the next thing you know, they're four feet, six feet deep in a pit because the what was formerly a freeway has imploded because of the heavy saturation of rains, and then it collapses. Well, it's in places like that you need to have, not only you need to pay attention, you need to have information, like accurate media weather information, and you can't just, you know, go off in la-la land. And then you need to, to pray over your journey, and that may, that may require of you not making the journey, because it isn't safe, even though it appears to be safe. Now, this is a powerful tool, more than a tool. It's Jesus Christ inside us. This is a very powerful resource the Lord has given his people, and it's a supernatural resource. If you decide arbitrarily, without any, without basing your decision on Scripture or the Word of God, both the Old Testament and the New Testament, and you decide to block out from your mind and life, the guidance of the Holy, the supernatural guidance of the Holy Spirit, then you're like a sitting duck. You're a soft target. And more than any other time in human history, especially with what's happening now, um, we need to rely on and know how to use what we could call God's GPS system that He's placed inside of us. The, the guidance of the Holy Spirit. That's why I wrote my new book, Power from On High. I wrote it because I, I, the purpose of the book is not to push any particular Christian doctrine and end up in arguing. The purpose of the book is to, to challenge people 
in a way that's contemporary and fast-moving is to challenge people to rethink their position. And I don't mean that in some, uh, you know, Marxist professor rethink verbiage. I'm not talking about it. I'm talking about just being willing to humble yourself before the Lord and change your the position of your mind so that it tunes itself with the Word of God when it comes to matters such as uh, using and walking in the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. And I really encourage you. We've had tons of people ordering the book all over the place. And I encourage you to go to paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. Take advantage of the fact that at this time, we're offering great discounts on Power from on High and uh, book packages that you can get at paulmcguire.us. And on top of that, we have all kinds of free stuff. And I urge you to post that you like it, spread the link to your friends, and help us propel this message uh, far and wide. So we will be back in just a moment. You're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. I'm Paul McGuire. Once again, visit paulmcguire.us. You are listening to the Paul McGuire Report. I'm Paul McGuire. I remember when I was a kid and a teenager, and even in, in parts of attending the University of Missouri, where I was majoring in filmmaking, and altered states of consciousness, part of the psychology department. And I remember, before I had a miraculous turning to Christ, so in the time period of my life, which began in young childhood and continued for many years, I was raised in an atheistic, existentialist household, where I was basically taught not to believe in God, not to believe in the Word of God. And I, certainly, I certainly wasn't born again. Now, what was weird is that my parents essentially laughed at the notion of sin. Uh, and uh, my friends and my parents' friends scoffed at the, the idea of sin. And so I did. I scoffed at the idea of sin. But the irony was, despite the fact that I didn't believe in sin, that I scoffed at ideas such as sin, I mean, I just flat out didn't believe in sin. I thought, and I talk about this in my book, Power From On High, I, I thought from the youngest of ages, because this is what my parents taught me, that sin was some kind of archaic concept left over from the Middle Ages and was man-made up, and, and, and it, was just a, it was just a fictional, uh, a bunch of fictional ideas invented by religious powers to control people. So it was, to me, I was taught that it was a tool of manipulation. Now, here's the irony. As I moved through my life in, in, in like total rebellion from God, sinning like crazy, but denying that I was sinning because sin didn't exist. And in my mind at that time, evil didn't exist, at least personally. So yet I continually found myself feeling guilty. When I did sin, I continually found myself feeling convicted, and I didn't even know what that word meant back then. So I was continually experiencing the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I was continu not, I was not 
condemnation. It was conviction that I felt like I was, I felt guilty as if I was doing something wrong. Now, in the larger perspective, now that I have accepted the Bible as truth and God's word, um, to me, it's obvious that when the Bible talks about sin, that that's not an archaic concept. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. The human race as a whole is a fallen race. So the irony is, is that in many respects, despite the fact that I was an atheist and that I didn't believe in sin and I actively rebelled in sin, sinned in many different ways, despite those things, in many respects, in my spiritual blindness, in my spiritual darkness, there was something invisible trying to guide me, that GPS from the Holy Spirit, or GPS from the Lord, which I call the Holy Spirit. I mean, I didn't name, name the Holy Spirit, you know that. So the thing is, I was, I mean, I would do things that I'd feel guilty. And how can I feel guilty? Because I didn't believe in sin. I was taught by my parents that sin didn't exist. So why, I didn't even think about it, but I couldn't shake the guilt. I couldn't shake the sense of being convicted. It was driving me crazy because I couldn't talk about this to anybody. I couldn't talk to it, talk to this about Christians. They had no idea. Many of them didn't believe in sin either. It's just they called themselves Christians. And I certainly couldn't talk about it with my atheist friends that they thought would have thought I was crazy. So it was kind of like I was a man caught between two worlds, or a young boy caught between two worlds. And over a period of a long time, uh, I constantly found myself doing things that today I know are sin. And how do I know they're sin? Because the Word of God identifies sin. But of course, that implies that you have to rightly divide the Word of God, or rightly interpret it, not misinterpret it for your own agenda or whatever. So, um, I was constantly being convicted of sin, and the nature of the conviction was supernatural. The Lord would continually send me people to give me a message, and he would constantly send me people that in my flesh and in my humanity and from my particular cultural background I would be turned off to. He didn't send me people that I thought that, that I would admire on worldly terms. You know, I was being sharp with it, intelligent, you know, hip or whatever, whatever vocabulary you want to use. He would send me these, these people that were kind of like, <laughs> yeah, I don't need to explain to you. You know what I'm talking about. And I just want to remind you that uh, spending a great deal of my childhood teens, etc., in Manhattan, New York City, again, traveling down these two giant escalators near Times Square to get from one floor to another at, at what's called the New York Port Authority, which is a massive bus terminal. So I'm taking this escalator, and the bus terminal connects to, to subway, uh, to the subway network. So I'm heading down this escalator with the escalator going down, it's, you know, it's escalator after escalator after escalator after escalator. It's a whole long row of escalators with hundreds of commuters. And sometimes, I don't know whether I was commuting or taking a court. I don't know what I was doing. 
but um, I'm going down the escalator, and these, there's this weird lady, a, a stereotypical religious lady. Is is has this? It's not an annoying voice. She's she's raising her voice uh, to the appropriate level so that all these people who are on escalators, her voice is overriding the the, 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 the collective noise of where we are, and people can hear. Her. And I could hear her. And this is what she said. Now, this is all she said when I was near her. I can't tell you what, you know, the exact verbiage of what a lot of people said to me. And sometimes I can't. But I remember what she said word for word, even though I didn't fully comprehend it at the moment she said it. And what irked me more is she said it in the old King James version of the Bible, which just was a pet peeve that drove me up the wall. Anyway, she loudly says, but it was appropriate. The volume was appropriate. She loudly says, walk circumspectly, for the days are evil. Now, on one hand, I don't know what she's talking about. I, you know, I had to think, oh, circumspectly? What do you mean the days are evil? These are two concepts I was not familiar with. But simultaneously with her speaking that Bible verse to me and others, walk circumspectly, for the days are evil. I, I, it took me a while to process it. I never forgot it. But, but I began to realize that even though intellectually I couldn't immediately understand what she was trying to say because she was speaking in Old King James. Uh, version of the old King James version, which I was so prejudiced against, I usually just wouldn't spend five seconds thinking about it. But I could feel a supernatural anointing. I couldn't tell you what it was at the time, but there was some. There was like a supernatural audio backup to her voice. It was like that her human voice was perfectly synchronized with the voice of the Holy Spirit. But at that time, I didn't know what the voice of the Holy Spirit was. And then, by the time I got down the escalator, which was just a couple of minutes later, I had an understanding that didn't derive from my intellect of what this Christian lady was saying. She was quoting a verse in the Bible, and then it was supernaturally obvious to me, because I didn't derive it. Those words were not words that Paul McGuire ever used and his family ever used. Walk circumspectly. I don't know anybody most likely among my friends and stuff, who would have understood what she was saying. And I initially didn't, especially when she added on to it, because the days are evil. And what, what that was, and, and why I can remember it verbatim many, many decades later, I can remember her and I can remember what she said. And I had a, I had a soup, uh, the Holy Spirit derived supernatural understanding of what the words meant. That, that I didn't get through some kind of intellectual process. I understood that walking circumspectly referred to making sure I walk with my life with, with a carefully thought-out position, that I'm not just, you know, walking here and walking there because I could end up in a bad place and bad things could happen to me. So I, I figured that out through the Holy Spirit, that she was telling us to, and I knew it was the Bible, only because it sounded like the Bible. 
I knew that when she said walk circumspectly, that that's what it means. Pay attention. It's like the way you would, a parent would talk to your kid, you know, to keep your kid from running into the street, that kind of, that kind of attitude. So I got the message, I'm going to walk circumspectly. And then she gave me the reason from the word of God, walk circumspectly for the days are evil. And I didn't really have to figure that out. I mean, I'm looking all around the inside of New York City, Times Square, Port Authority Terminal. And believe me, even though I'm an atheist and a humanist, I know the days are evil. Because back then, when she spoke those words to me, there were prostitutes and hookers everywhere on Times Square, in the subways, in, in the Port Authority, and, and you know, drug dealers. It was, a, it was the wild, wild west, except it was the wild, wild east. I mean, it was lawless. And this is not meant to be a political statement. It remained lawless for a long time. You, 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 you know, you walked in Central Park in the dark. You prayed for God's mercy because you may not come out of there alive. I know because I tried it. Okay, so where am I going with this? The Lord was trying to deliver a message, a prophetic message of warning to me and other people. So the Lord sp- used a woman who was obedient to obey him to preach in a non-quote conventional, uh, non-seeker-friendly man. She just spoke the word of God. Walk circumspectly for the days are evil. So it was obvious to me that she was saying these are the last days. This is the end of the world. That's why people are going crazier and crazier and crazier. And I never forgot what she said. And so that went like, boom. It just riveted itself inside my inner man. And I was convicted by the Holy Spirit. And I want to finish up today's edition of the Paul McGuire Report by saying this to you now. It's imperative that while the doors of opportunity are still open, that we partner together to reach people. Okay? Because this opportunity may not be here faster than you think. So you participate, you obey the Lord, and together we can reach the millions of people that need to be reached. Now, I want to say that to you, and then I want to simply repeat the Bible verse, she spoke to me, and simply be open to the Lord and allow the Lord to speak into your heart whatever he wants to say to you based on this verse. And I'm going to repeat it for you right now, the verse that I heard decades and decades ago. Walk circumspectly, for the days are evil. And with that, God bless you. I'm your brother in Christ. Carry on. Remember, what is unique and different about this radio program is we're a unique combination of contemporary news, scientific, philosophical analysis, things like globalism, genetics, etc. And we, we intersect that with the Word of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, and we never shy away from presenting a cogent, solid, uh, biblical worldview. God bless you once again. May the same Lord that admonished you and I to walk circumspectly because the days are evil, may he guide us, protect us, and lead us by the power of his Holy Spirit. Once again, in the love of Jesus Christ, I pray God's powerful blessing, protection, healing, and deliverance for you and your loved ones. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.